Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On SCNZ. Good morning, Izzy Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ, Kempe's away for today, so it's just Rick Dog and myself keeping you entertained throughout the Monday morning, reacting to a big weekend again of sport, we've got Finn in the house, we've got Joe in the back room, we've got Aroha keeping you up to date with everything in the news and sport, Ricardo, good morning. Morning, Izzy. How you doing, brother? How's your weekend? Good weekend. Very, very good. Nice and quiet, just chilled. It was very, very cold down here in Christchurch, raining, and uh, couldn't do much. Kids rugby got cancelled. I don't know why. It wasn't that bad, so that threw a spanner in the works, but that's okay. Um, so we just relaxed, lit the fire, and enjoyed the kids' company. My wife was away, so I just had the kids uh, here by myself for the weekend. So a real, real cool family just uh, enjoyed the time with the little kitties, the little ones. Did you try so, and uh, harden them yeah. up a bit by making them go run around out in the rain with a rugby ball and get muddy and just go, oh. oh, it's not that bad, is it? Go and do it. I did it when I was when I, back in my day. Did you, did you give it one of them? <laughs> no, no, I didn't go back in my day. I was outside. I didn't watch YouTube all day. Oh, it's a bit of a dilemma at the moment, Ricardo, because it's cold, it's miserable, but then the sun comes out, they're just stuck in this rut, and you're trying to motivate them to get outside and do something and give me that remote and go do do a few things. So on Saturday, I made the decision, it was raining, but I tried to go play temp and bowling, but every lane was booked out, so everyone had the same idea, and uh, so just went to a place called X-Golf down here, and the kids had a little hit on the golf simulator, had some lunch that killed a couple of hours and then went to the neighbour's house and they got a couple of little young boys and 
just kept them busy for a couple of hours, but it's always the case, you know, when it's the weekend, you want to go out and do so much. But if you're not planned, like I wasn't, yep. everything's booked out, you're just chasing yourself, chasing your tail. So, But hey, we had a good weekend and we, we just relaxed, watched a lot of sport, watched a lot of racing, um, lit the fire, ate some good food. Now it was a very good weekend. Ricardo, how was yours? Uh, yeah, mine was uh, similar to yours in a lot of ways, is that my missus was away for the weekend, so mm. it was just me and my daughter. Yeah, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> well, mate, I'd, I'd say, she was at a uh, black belt training camp for karate, so I don't talk. Oh, I don't talk back. You see, uh, you don't yeah, say whatever much. You, hey? Yeah, whatever you want. Yep, yep. Sweet, nah, all good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, is no, she black belt? Nah, she's a senpai though, so which means she's got her own class that she takes. And once you get to oh. senpai, senpai, when they go to tournaments, they have to compete against like the brown and black belts and stuff. So she got invited along. Um, to this black belt training camp, so yeah, it was pretty hard, hardcore by the sounds of it. Like they, they did what they normally do, like a two-hour training on a Wednesday night. They did that from ten in the morning till five in the afternoon on Saturday, and then oh. on the Sunday they did ten till two as well. Mm. Uh, and she came back covered in bruises because they were doing lots of uh, like <laughs> grappling drills and all that sort of stuff where people were grabbing and you'd have to break holds and throw them and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, so she she was away for the weekend. So, yeah, it's just me and my daughter. So we just uh, hung out. Friday night was movie night. I took her to the supermarket so she could pick up some treats. So it was, you know, chocolate milk and chips and uh, sit down and watch the, the new Ant-Man movie. And then Saturday went and saw my mum up in Walkworth. And just uh, just did that, and then uh, had uh, one of her buddies um, come over on Saturday night with her mum, and uh, her mum's a big rugby fan, so we got pizza in, had a couple of beers, watched uh, the Canes and the Chiefs, and the girls went and played. So that was that was pretty chill, mate. That was pretty much us. Oh, nice, Ricardo. Look, I don't condone violence, but <laughs> has it has it been any moments where you've just been the the, the dummy? And, you know, you've just had a flying kick go past your nose or something yeah. like that. Talk me through yeah. it. Yeah, it's been every now and then she'll go, oh, we, we learned this. We learned this tonight, you know. She'll come <laughs> over and she'll be like, she'll go, so you do this. And then I'll go, bang, bang, bang. And she does these things. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, a, a little bit, mate, a little bit. But that's all right. I've, uh, I've, <sighs> I've got built-in natural padding, so it's all right. That's one thing I've realised. My son started going to mixed martial arts down oh, here yeah. in, in Christchurch, and it's awesome. I went for the first time. I've always I've been away, and he's only been three times. But I went the other day, and I walk in, and I'm like, I see the sensei. I'm like, I know that face. He's a he plays golf at Pegasus. <laughs> well, his name's his name's Panda. We call him Panda. Well, he's Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu I couldn't Panda believe, <laughs> mate, I couldn't believe it. I, I walked up. I said. What are you up to? He goes, oh, I'm, and he was wearing a black belt. And I said, yeah. you black belt? And he goes, yeah, yeah, and I'm sensei, and I take all, you, I take your kid, and I, I take all these kids for mixed martial arts. And then he started doing these like big tornado roundhouses and all these things. And I said, wow, we do not judge a book by its cover. Nice. You know, I'm seeing this guy on the golf course. I'm like, man, I, get, I got you. Yeah. I got you easy. <laughs> and as soon as he started doing these kicks, I said. Oh no no no! I haven't got you. Yeah, yeah. I'm nowhere near. So take that drop where you want, bro. Take that drop where you want. No worries. <laughs> oh, oh, never judge a book by its cover. But mate, it was cool. It was cool. Did your daughter get into it? Because yeah, she's, you know, I love she, seeing my son get into it. She does karate two days a week. That's how my missus got into it. Actually, she, my missus took her along to sign her up, and the woman who was doing the sign up said, "Oh, 
Look, if you're going to be here anyway, you might as well sign up. And so now my missus does four days a week she trains and one day a week she takes a class. Wow. I'm actually thinking I might get into it. I might get into it. It's something I've been... Humming and hiring about, and I think for the kids, like what what is the best thing when you when your kids go along? Like you you want them to to just gain a bit of confidence. Um, not saying self defence, but you know you want to want them to hold themselves and also discipline. Man, this this Dis- sensei had them going, eh? Discipline's the big one, you know. Like that's what Rachel said to me that she, you know she has these kids lined up because she her the class that she takes is all yellow and white belts basically. Uh, she had them lined up. You know, doing drills and staying in a pla- in one place for about forty five minutes or whatever it is, and parents afterwards go, I can't believe that little Johnny st- stood still and did what he was asked <laughs> for that length of time because, like, you know, and and that so that's part of it as well. That's a big part of it is the is the discipline side of things, man. So no, no, it's really good, really good, beautiful, mate. So yeah, so that was us. But I, I've got to say, mate, uh, this morning on Foxy Watch. PGA What's Championship. Because I haven't got TV. Oh, got TV. I've got TV in here, but when I finish with Sky, they deleted my app, so ah, I downloaded it again. Ah, but you have to keep me updated. Yeah, well, he's, uh, he's one over for the round, so he's currently three over, so he's slipped to a tie for 25th at the moment, uh, is where Foxy is, but he's only through five, so he's got, he's got time to pick up some shots. Um, Rory McIlroy's just teed off, and he has uh, birdied the first hole, so he is now in... Come top. on, Rory! A tie for seventh, uh, but leading it all, uh, he hasn't teed off today yet, but uh, leading it all is uh, Brooks Kepka, six under. Mm. So he tees off in about 20 minutes. That's an interesting one with Brooks. Brooksy. Like, we spoke about his Netflix the other day. That, that's the only thing I I have doubts because he can get a bit of doubt in his head in the final round like he capitulated. Or well, didn't capitulate. He came second at the Masters, but he had that one well and truly wrapped up and just couldn't quite get there in the final round. So that's my only little bit of apprehension in this final round is, is whether Brooks can continue on with his confident run. But for someone that has won the PGA twice, oh, he'll take a lot of confidence. Brooks, Kepka, you got uh, Connors. Uh, they're at second place. Hovland, no, Hovland and, and, and Kepka, and then you got Connors, Scheffler. I've got Rory McIlroy. Obviously, I had Morikawa in my multi. That is the last time, that is the last time, Ricardo, <laughs> that I am backing Colin Morikawa. Mate, well, oh. speaking, of, speaking of bets, uh, we've got the Pundits Club at work. You know, you're in that Pundits oh. Club, right? We are in our eighth <laughs> week, and uh, every week, two people who are part of the Pundits Club get a chance to put a $30 multi on each uh, so we can grow Poor the man. Pot, right? Uh, we yet to have one come in. <laughs> and uh, this was my – this. how's this, man? This was my multi for the weekend. I had Melbourne <laughs> City to beat Sydney FC. Tick. That came in. I had the Cronulla Sharks to beat the Newcastle Knights. Tick. That came in. I'd Kempi's horse just asked me for a place at Awapuni. That came What a in. win. Tick, yeah. All right. I just took it for the place at 2.30, the, you know, to be yeah. safe for the multi. That came in. I've got Rory to finish top 10. He's currently seventh, and he's just birdied the first hole. All looking good. What's the one that fell over? <laughs> the West Tigers, two wins all season <laughs> against last season's top 14, the Cowboys. I took the Cowboys. Oh, I couldn't believe it, Rick. I I, I didn't know. What, well, I turned it on, and yeah. it was 36-6 in the first half. And I'm like, am I seeing double vision here? Like, what is going on? 
They just absolutely pumped the Queensland Cowboys. I could I couldn't believe it. And Luke Brooks, well, he silenced a lot of the doubters. Probably had his most complete performance of the year. And Sheen's come out and threw out a bit of backup ammo for him. But mate, that, that was that was something. I'm a Tigers supporter as well. Um, Ricardo, Tigers in the Warriors because of Benji. Yeah, I've watching Benji play for them and. Hey, they just have they turned a corner? Maybe, maybe they have because they've picked up a That's couple of decent hiding. results, and that is yeah, they've absolutely just. Had, I think it's the biggest win in their career in their in their history, I should say for the Tigers. <laughs> sixty six. Well, what did the Cowboys get in the end? Sixteen or something like that. Sixty six ten, whatever it was. But yeah, absolutely smashed the Cowboys. Uh, so that torpedoed what was looking like a very good multi because that was thirty bucks. That was on. a big multi too. It was returning 700 and something, so... I was now like, we're just investing into Dylan's holiday fund, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was rooting for you, Rick. I was oh. rooting for you, and that one's just trips you up at the end. Oh, you poor man. Yeah, poor it wasn't man. happy, mate. wasn't happy. So, yeah, so that was... Uh, yeah, that, that sort of dealt a bit of a... Because I was watching the rugby, you know, with mm. mate Sarah on Saturday night, but keeping an eye on the league score. And she knew that I had the bet going, so she was like, "Oh, what's happening in the league? What's happening in the league?" It's like it's not good. It's not good. We'll just keep watching the rugby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Oh uh, man, that was that was something. And obviously, um, some other big news as well. Uh, Ricardo, I know we can't wait. Question of the day coming up, but Aaron Major, yeah, resigned early. Made the early call, eh? Made the early call. Mm. Um, interesting, because I mean, he's had a he's had a mixed season, right? But Aaron Major's job as the coach of Moana Pacifica isn't just about winning matches. Like, I mean, that's what it should be about, but it's not just about that. And, you know, he had that close call with the Blues where they were up against the Blues, should have beaten the Blues, ended up losing 31-30, right? That would have been absolutely gutting. The next game changes his whole team because he wants to give these guys an opportunity to play so they can get selected for the Rugby World Cup. You know, because he's got guys from Tonga and Samoa and mm. Fiji and, and, and everywhere else in, in, in the team. Uh, and then that's when they concede 70 the Canes. So he's kind of between a rock and a hard place. Hey, I mean, there is a job coming up at the Crusaders, mate. I don't know if you read anything into that. Nah, nah. He's been down here. Oh, look, there's obviously talk. They love hiring their own and, and keeping it internal. Mm. And he's been a past player and he's done well. Hell of a lot for this region, so yeah, I could see him being a candidate for that, that he, he position. He coached at Leicester as well, didn't he? So he's, he's coached overseas yeah. a little bit. Coached at Leicester, he's been over there. Leicester's Tigers head coach, so he's got a you know something on his resume. He, he can tick all those boxes. Mm. Whether he'll make that decision, I don't know. Who's the front runner for that? That's still up in the air. But yeah, it's an interesting one with Wana Pacifica. You know, like their inclusion. Was so much, but it hasn't had the impact as a Fijian drawer has had mm. has had over the last couple of years. Like it's it's a hard one. Like as as the depth is there, we know the depth is, is around the islands, but do they have full access to those players in the islands, or are they just getting the leftovers from this um, competition? And I know that's part of your can't wait question of the day. And we might as well rip into it, eh? Yeah, let's do is. that. Here it is. Okay, so on the breakdown last night. It was announced that Moana Pacifica's best player over the last two years, Levi Almour, is leaving them next year to play for the Crusaders, <coughs> poaching, and uh, he's going to sign a New Zealand <laughs> rugby contract as well. Now, the Crusaders apparently beat the Blues and Rugby Australia to sign Levi Almour. 
but it's a massive blow for Moana Pacifica and for Samoa as well because he won't be able to play for them at the Rugby World Cup. Are you disappointed that what was dressed up as a helping hand for Ireland rugby development now just looks like a nursery for New Zealand rugby to pillage from? Because for I so, don't agree with it. Yeah, for so long, you know, it was like we need to do more for New Zealand uh, for Ireland rugby, and then yep. we get given Moana Pacifica is in, in here, and it's kind of sold as here's us helping Ireland rugby. But is it really helping Ireland rugby, or is it just helping New Zealand rugby find more Ireland players? That's that's so bad, Ricardo. I I just can't see. I can understand why he would want to go there. Mm. He wants to, you know, try and. Crack a title or something. There's a lot of things that he would know personally why he's made the decision, but for the Crusaders to chase him that hard with the cavalry that they've got in their ranks Dallas McLeod, Braden Enel, Jack Goodhue, David Harvelli, a ton of other players in the academy, and then you've gone and got Levi Ilmore? Well, that just makes no sense. No. And I can understand the frustration from everyone out there because. They are stacked. It's, it's the same situation with Ashe Fihaki, who got an opportunity on the weekend. He was very, very good too. So great to see him out there. But bar injuries, Shea would probably not have got a game. And Macca Springer's heading away, so he's going to get more in input. But, yeah, look, you just... Yeah, I can understand the frustration. And I'm starting to see a lot of the... With the Highlanders, yeah, they're struggling. They would have loved the Levi or more. Well, that's... Wouldn't they? I mean, I'm starting to wonder, is he whether or not we have, you know, the depth for... I, I asked this with Smithy a couple of weeks ago. Do we have the, mm. have, have the depth to keep running five Super Rugby teams in New Zealand and Moana Pacifica? Because at the moment, you look at that Highlanders team, it very looks like very cobbled together and not necessarily Super Rugby quality, you know, all of it across the board, that squad. Mm. Yep, now I'm hearing you. It's 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 gonna be interesting to see how this Moana Pacifica plays out. They've lost their coach, they've lost probably their best player. Yeah. And now where do they go? They they need to they need to find someone, something to build around and at the moment the pillars, the foundations, they're gone. They've been taken out from the bottom of them. So yeah, I couldn't believe when I heard that news, Ricardo. And yeah. look, I'm a crusader, but I don't agree with it. No, there you go. Well, we want to hear from you. Double eight double three is the temper and bedpost text machine. So let us know what you think of it. Double eight double three. Uh, you know that. Are you disappointed that uh, what was dressed up as a helping hand for Ireland rugby now development now just looks like a nursery for NZR to pillage from, or? Is that just part and parcel of professional rugby? Let us know what you think. 0800 150 or double eight double three. the Temper Bedpost text machine. Give us your thoughts. You could win a Chemist Warehouse Mayhem prize pack valued at over $200 thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Swiss. Coming up this morning, we've got a quizzy dag, of course, uh, not too far away. We're going to have your calls, your texts as well. After seven, we're going to go to the UK. Ben Ransom from Sky Sport UK. He's in Manchester. He was at the Etihad Stadium today for Manchester City's crowning as Premier League champions. We'll catch up with Ben. Marty Burke as well uh, from the Canterbury Rugby. Uh, They've got a big initiative called Boots for the Bay, helping out his old home uh, stomping ground, the Hawks Bay, yours as well, Izzy. So we'll talk to him about that and some Super Rugby. And after 8 o'clock, you pulled some strings, Izzy. And Danny Cipriani, uh, the the old uh, England number 10, is going to join us as well to have a chat about uh, Northern Hemisphere Rugby ahead of the World Cup. Yeah, looking forward there, mate. Well, he's he's just an interesting bloke. He's been for so much. If you follow him on social media, like he was a he he went through some pretty tough times when he was playing. But he's I think he's turned a corner. He's really into his health and 
It's doing some cool things. So I thought it would be an interesting story to catch up. We could talk about La Rochelle and Leinster. There's plenty going on over in the north. I actually saw something suggest that he might not be fully retired just yet either, so we can ask him about that. That's coming up after 8 o'clock, so uh, stay tuned. And uh, we do have a Love Racing update with the uh, one and only Joe Dirt as well. We'll get to uh, Joe, Joey's Dirt uh, with the Love Racing update shortly. It is 6.22. You're listening to Breakfast with Izzy and Kempe, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. It's 6. 28 here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. You can call us anytime 0800 150 811 or text us on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Give us your thoughts and you could win that Chemist Warehouse Mayhem prize pack valued at 200 bucks. thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Swiss. Are you disappointed? with what was dressed up as a helping hand for island rugby development now just looks like a nursery for NZR to pillage from with news that Levi Amour is leaving Moana Pacifica to sign for not just the Crusaders but also New Zealand rugby, meaning that he won't be available for Samoa at the Rugby World Cup this year. So let us know 0800 150 811 or double eight, double three. We've got a text in there from uh, Mark as well. Is he not related? But uh, Mark is up and about. Morning, boys. I did say that the Tigers would kick on. And Mr. Kempe said, no, nah, I don't think so. That is Mark's size 12 golf shoes, if you remember him. <laughs> yes, he sure did. He sure, sure did as well. But they proved him wrong, and they're probably going to kick on. They've got a big couple of weeks coming up, up with the Tigers. We've got to remember it's Origin as well, and the, mm. the Blues are going to name their squad this morning at 8 a.m., so no doubt Smithy will have that news Brady Fittler and then all signs are seen. Nico Hines going to play for them. But, mate, the Tigers proved them wrong. And just back on the can't wait question of the day, like the, the NZR, they must, they must stop this. They have to. You, they cannot continue. Like, this is going to happen more, isn't it, Rick? Like, you think he's the best player. Yeah. And Moana Pacifica. And then the best player's gone again. This is a squad that's already struggling. And then the best player's been taken from probably the best outfit. Well, that's the thing, you know. And it, I mean, if I'm the Highlanders, I'm looking at this going, oh, mm. what's Danny Tawala up to? Oh, you know, what's Lincoln McClutchy up to? Why why, yeah. why burn our money on, say, Freddie Burns, an import from England? Um, and, you know, I, I think that, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Mitch uh, down there, who's had a, uh, Mitch Hunt has had a couple of pretty Hunt. ordinary seasons. You know, punt mm. him and get Lincoln McClutchy mm. in. I mean, that's what you'd be thinking if you're the Highlanders, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like these players that are, are going to be standouts in a struggling team, well, oppositions are going to see that, and they're going to just go chasing them. And then these players, because they're struggling, probably not enjoying losing all the time, are going to go, "Okay, I need to go." So where, where does NZR sit in this situation? You know? Yeah, mate. Yeah, the, the, optically it doesn't look good. Joe from Gizzy's called through on oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Morning, Joe. You there, Joe? Oh, he's dropped off. Sorry, oh, boys. He's dropped Sorry. off. Oh. So we've got the other Joe. Joe, so what did you want to say about the can't wait question of the day, Joe? Nothing, because Joe, <laughs> Joe's here from Gizzy. Oh, we've got Joe from Gizzy. Yeah, G'day, Joe. Joe. <laughs> good morning to you, brother. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, boys. Interesting with uh, more signing for the Crusaders. I think looking at what you're saying this morning, I don't think that Moana Pacific is really the development platform that everybody was looking for. I think it's more a platform for letting those guys who didn't make all those other sides have a place to, to showcase their wares and what you've seen in two years is that Amua's been their best player and he's losing and any any red-blooded rugby player wants to win so he's got an avenue yep. to go to somewhere where he can win and I think 
you can't knock the guy. I mean, he's excelled in a team that's going backwards. He's excelled in a team that looks it looks unfit. It looks a little bit disjointed. And mm. we can't really blame NZRU for taking a player like that because it's up to him to give him the option. What we could mm. do is, is, if it's a development team, look to go to the island, set an academy so we can draft players into that. So you've got a cycle for them to be showcased to, to other sides, which will develop their rugby by letting more guys play the game at the professional level. But I just think giving that guy an option to now become a crusader is what the, uh, the minor Pacifica side has done, which is great. It gives someone else a chance to go into that setup. But I don't really think it's a development pathway. I think it's more a showcasing platform. And unfortunately, unlike the Drua, they just seem to be off the pace from the get-go. And, uh, and and it does need a new a new visit because it's it's almost like the Hollanders, you know. It's uh, it's where everyone doesn't want to go, but they end up because they need a job. I hear what you say, um, Joe. I hear definitely what you're saying, and and ultimately it comes down to Levi Moore. He's made that decision, but I guess if we're going to continue down this, players are going to be coming from the islands, and then, well, Hollanders, the Blues, the Crusaders, the Hurricanes, the Chiefs, they'll be going. Mm. Okay, there he is. Well, yeah, Let's no, entice him here. Yeah, another so, one. Yeah, uh, it's an know. academy for <laughs> NZ Rugby. <laughs> totally. totally. That's what it's looking like. You know, and that, from a metrics point of view, what they told us it was to what it is, uh, uh, turning into two completely different things. I tell you, Eddie and Artie must be looking good to the Highlanders about now too. With Aaron Smith about to head off because uh, he does a pretty good job in the nine for them as well. Uh, we'll have to see what else develops out of that. Good stuff, Joe. Thanks for your call, brother. You're in the draw to win that Chemist Warehouse pack uh, with Swiss as well with 200 bucks. The Chemist Warehouse Mayhem pack. Uh, you do that right throughout the day, 0800 150 811 or right throughout the morning, I should say, and put yourself into that draw. Uh, it is about time, though, we caught up with uh, Araha for news with Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-five away from seven o'clock here on SENZ. It is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Uh, power your business with Bunning Trade Power Pass. Here's some sports headlines for you. Uh, just keeping up with the leaderboard and Fox Watch from the PGA Championship final round. Foxy's tied for twenty-six through six. Here's one over for the day. Currently three over in total. Rory's uh, now outright eighth. Here's one under through two. Uh, yet to tee off. Brooks Kepka, Victor Hovland, Corey Connors and Bryson DeChambeau. So uh, those guys will all have teed off uh, in the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, in the news there with Araj, she mentioned Brighton winning 3-1 this morning and Evan Ferguson getting two goals. Evan Ferguson now 18 years and 214 days. Wow. Has scored more Premier League goals at a younger age than everyone other than Wayne Rooney, Michael Owen, Alan Smith, and Franny Jeffers. So one to watch, one to watch. He's been linked to Manchester United already. Even Ferguson, this young young fella out of Brighton. So definitely one to watch. Uh, other sports news that you want to get your head around: uh, World uh, former world number one Andy Murray has withdrawn from the French Open tournament. 
Uh, Organisers said that he will now turn his focus to the grass court season and Wimbledon in July. He's opted to skip tournaments on uh, during the clay court season in the past to focus on the grass court swing heading into Wimbledon, which begins July 3rd. He said Wimbledon offered him the best chance of going deep in a grand slam. The French Open starts next Monday and runs through till June the 11th. Defending champion and 14-time winner Rafa Nadal has already pulled out and so has uh, Matteo Berrettini and Nick Kyrgios. So a few of the big names not going to be there at the French Open uh, this year. And uh, it's been a great weekend for New Zealand athletics as well. Top international performances. Tori Peters in the javelin. Mm. She broke the New Zealand national record of 60, uh, with a throw of 63.26 metres to get second place at the Seiko Golden Grand Prix in Yokohama, Japan yesterday as well, is he? Yeah, huge outing over in... In Japan with Zoe Hobbs uh, winning her mm. race. Obviously comes second last time out with a 10.98 and this time running 11.20 to beat fellow American. But yeah, great for Tori Peters, 63. Beating her previous best by 86 centimetres, so she blasted her personal best. Absolutely smashed it. Mm, yeah, a couple of other runners awesome. to look at too. Is a, is a guy called uh, Tian Welpton, who's a 100-metre sprinter. He broke his personal best twice over the weekend. He ran a 10.15 seconds and then in the final ran 10.14. So he is, uh, he, he's certainly shown he's qualified for the world champs. That's quick. Athletics world champs, he's qualified, which is how, when was the last time we had a male um, sprinter in the under 100 metres? Chris Donaldson? Probably Chris Donaldson that's, 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 mm. that's qualified for that. So, yeah, good to see and, and, and plenty more. We'll get to uh, more sports headlines after 7.30 because there's lots of developing stories for you as well. But those are your sports headlines. Uh, trades and builders, uh, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Uh, it is 22 away from 7. That means it's just about time for the Quizmaster Quizzy Dag 50 lot TAB bonus bet. <laughs> Could be yours. Call now. 0800-150-811-0800-150-811. TAB with the prize 50 bucks if you wise If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye This is how we do it This is how we do it Quizzy that come play it Quizzy that come play it 0800 150 811 Now give us a call Just know. Yes, welcome back, Quizzy Dag. Gotta get someone paid because Kempi's kicker, no one got paid. Sorry about that. A tissue, a tissue. Something happened to a tissue. We all fall down. We all fall down. Oh, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's get Mark from Tauranga up. Marky, how you doing? Good boys, good boys. Had a weekend of winning, so that's all right. Well, at least one of us did. You did? You did? You didn't pick another 12-league multi, did you? Oh, no, not on the punt, just for sport. And <laughs> we won that uh, charity golf tournament on Friday, so it was good. Yeah, what a burglar. What an absolute burglar you are. Well done. Well done, my friend. Anyway, good luck, mate. Which Super Rugby side scored the most points this weekend? 
Oh, jeez, I don't know. Um, we'll go the Crusaders. No. It wasn't the Crusaders. So it's the most points, not... Biggest win. Not the... Not the not that the points differential is the biggest win, so it wasn't the Crusaders. Mm. Uh, appreciate it, Mark. Ed from Tolaga. Well, was it the Blues? It was the Blues. Forty-five v the Reds. Question number two: mm. Manchester City won. <laughs> Manchester City won the English Premier League title on Sunday morning without kicking a ball. After which club beat Arsenal? Uh, Nottingham Forest. God, Forest 1-0. Oh, oh. Means oh. Forest is safe from the drop as well. They'll stay in the Premier League now. I uh, no, they, they got a bit of a uh, set of six points. I was mm. having a look before. Six points ahead of the bottom four. How good. Question number three. Ed, how many tries did the Tigers score in the demolition of the Cowboys? Oh, man. That was, I don't know how many. Oh, 66. Okay, I've got to have a guess. 66 points. Um... 13. Ooh, 13 is incorrect. Sorry, Ed, have a good day. 0800 150 It is not too late to take on me, the Quizmaster. If you get stuck, Ricardo Ball will lend you a hand. We're going to get a Brett from Huntley. Morena, Brett. Did you buy a new boat? Yep. Oh, well, I needed some Maltese to come in to do that. That just makes me feel <laughs> for that place. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here you go, mate. You got your chance to get a $50 TAB bonus bet. Here we go. How many tries did the Tigers score in the demolition of the Cowboys? What did Eddie say? 13. He said 13. Uh, I'll go, uh, did map carry the one? Uh, 11. 11 is correct. Ooh. Well done. You know the most impressive thing I reckon, is he? Is they actually converted yeah. all 11. <laughs> oh, did they? So yeah. good. Yeah. I- so yeah, they, yeah, so it was 66 is 11 converted tries. No pens, nothing else, just in it. Awesome. Awesome. 66 points, I can't believe it. Question number four. Which two All Blacks were tied as top try scorers at the 1995 World Cup? Jonah Matter. Bang. Right oh. on the money. John Lomu and Mark Ellis. Question number five. We know you don't Google too, so you're going well. Who is the top run scorer in the IPL this season? Stephen Conway. No, he's third. He's a he's a couple a couple, about a hundred old, maybe two hundred behind, isn't he? Mm. Man, he's going good for the Chennai Super Kings. Oof. Wasn't Devin Conway Simon from Auckland? Morning, boys. Morning, morning. Um, Who was the top Robert, run scorer? Is it Frank Duplessis? Yeah, fast to see is correct. Seven hundred and thirty runs. He's timed that run well, Simon. Timed that ahead. run real well. You yeah, didn't Google though, eh? No, I was watching it the other night when Conway was batting, and they brought up the stats, and I saw Faf with seven hundred and something at the top there. So, bit lucky. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, Simon. A fifty dollars TAB bonus bet coming your way, my friend. Well done. That's another day Cheers, off. Boys. Quizzy oh, day, actually, Rick. yeah, no, it's a hundy. We because we 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 uh, jackpotted it from Friday because we didn't no, give it away. No, it's not a hundy. Oh no, did you? Because get... I won that other fifty. 
Oh, if you oh. don't get the quiz, oh, I get it. Oh, I see. Is that how it works? Joey? <laughs> yeah, actually, from now I'll on, should we, my- should we give it to your dad from now on? <laughs> if, if, if they don't want it from now on, should we give it to you? Because your dad texts in every weekend for the good old punters club. I haven't put him in recently. I feel bad for it. So maybe we should give him okay, 50. Okay, we'll, we'll give dad 50. Okay, yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. I'll, give you, so I'll give you his... <laughs> <laughs> Well, Simon's gone now. So, uh, <laughs> you know what, Joe? I, I know his TAB number off by heart because this was the days when you used to ring up and make your bets. And you used to go, bit of a little jet bet nine, you know, just rattle off. So I know it off by heart. Thank you for that, Joe. What a legend. There you go. Well done, Joey. Uh, that is Quizzy Dag for another day. We'll be back again tomorrow where it'll be Quizzy Kempy. Because uh, Kempi will be back. Uh, we are nine away from seven. When we come back, uh, Joey has the dirt with a Love Racing update next. It's 6.56 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. You can call us anytime, 0800 150 or text us double eight double three. Can't wait question of the day was about Levi Amour being signed by the Crusaders and signing with New Zealand Rugby, meaning he can't play for Samoa at the Rugby World Cup. And uh, the question was, are you disappointed that this is the way it's gone? Wasn't Moana Pacifica supposed to be about helping Ireland player development? Had a few texts through. One of them saying, well, better than New Zealand than Australia. Well, probably can't argue with that. Boys, <laughs> the, a draft is the answer. It spreads the talent. That's something that actually Justin Nelson's been talking about, is he? What do you reckon of that? Yeah, I'll, we've been talking about it for years, the draft. There was a draft back when I first started playing Super Rugby. There was a draft, so you can only secure 20 old players and then the rest go into a pool. Mm-hmm. Something like that worked because I got drafted to the Hollanders and they obviously need some players, so... Players got spread out. There just weren't quite enough to be secured in that initial 20-odd. The rest went out into the draft. So it can work, mm. but they took it away. And now these players are getting locked up and secured at a, at a young age at high school, Yeah, which is, what it, which is probably one of the reasons club rugby is depleted. Yeah, well, again, another one of the reasons. I guess that, you know, now that it's gone fully professional too and the clubs, uh, the, the franchises aren't fully owned by NZR, uh, they don't have that same control. They probably have trouble uh, bringing that in. Uh, this one as well. Hi, guys. Absolute joke how the Crusaders continue to raid all weak teams. Hoffman was a Landers under 20 captain last year. Uh, Le- uh, Leo Willey, a future star as well. And the Crusaders swoop and poach them. The Blues are in talk to sign <laughs> Thomas Umanga Jensen for next year, apparently. Uh, NZR need to wake up and do something. Uh, keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. Uh, we're a couple of minutes away from eight. That means that it's time uh, for you to find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. Uh, Joey Dirt, come on in with a love racing update for us, brother. Morning, boys. There's a reason why Kempi isn't here today. Back on the inside, Deerfield, and then Mary Louise. So under the 60 kilos, just ask me, has ranged up. He's hit the front here a fair way from home, but he put a bit of distance in them, on them as well from Takira as he falls closer to the inside, is running on. And then Mary Louise. Oh, what a wonderful galloper here. Just ask me on a milestone day for Jonathan Parks. And he grabs his fourth on the program and bolted in. 
A classic Just bolted Ask Me in. run. Bolted in, was sitting at the back, giving me heart palpitations every time I watch it run when I've got a bet on it. But it won comfortably by several lengths in the end. Uh, meanwhile, across the ditch, Dragon Leap didn't quite get it done, but ran a valiant second uh, in the Seven group bucks. Seven bucks. I know, I know. You should. Uh, hopefully you jumped on that one. Do you jump on that one, Izzy? Nah. Yeah, no, I had a tissue, a tissue. I'm not going to bet on you again. <laughs> oh my God, please. Please make it the last time you bet on a tissue, Izzy, please. Uh, and um, <sighs> Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Riddell, well, he, he was riding Just Ask Me and he notched up his thousandth win at our Pony. So congratulations to him. Let's do a racing update, boys. Nice work, oh, Joey. Man. Nice work on the Love Racing update. Uh, grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. Um, and we'll uh, keep those. Keep your texts coming through too. Double eight, double three. Uh, just on Fox Watch uh, at the PGA Championship, I can tell you through eight, he's still one over. So he's currently twenty seventh. All right, twenty seventh. Rory McIlroy has dropped the shot back to even for the day through four. Uh. He's tied for eleventh. We'll keep you up to date with that too. Coming up in the next hour, Ben Ransom from Sky Sports UK. He's been at the Etihad all day as Manchester City were crowned champions of the English Premier League. We're going to catch up with him. We're going to catch up with Marty. Burke in the next hour as well. Talk about boots for the bay, that drive, all that and more coming your way after the latest in news and sport. Time to get there now with Aroha for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's real. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's real. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Good morning, Izzy Kempe for breakfast, SENZ. Kempe's away for today, he'll be back tomorrow. I'm heading in to go under the knife tomorrow. A surgery I've had off for five years since I retired. It's a big operation, osteotomy, pretty much put in context. They cut me open at the knee and break my femur, put a wedge in it, realign it, put a plate on the inside. Three nights in hospital, two months crutches, and uh, about six, seven months recovery. So a big operation. I'm pretty nervous, but um, I'll be back in no time. And uh, Kempi and Ricardo will keep you up to date. We've got a big hour coming up. We're going to be talking to Marty Burke, NPC coach for Canterbury. And after 8 o'clock, we've got Danny Cipriani out of the UK. What is Danny Boy up to? We'll have to wait and see. So plenty coming up. But right now, Ricardo, we're going to be talking some football.
Yeah, time to welcome in from uh, Sky Sports in the UK, Ben Ransom. Uh, ben, good morning to you, mate. Uh, you were at the Etihad today as Manchester City were uh, crowned champions again, the fifth EPL title in six years. They didn't have to kick a ball to win it because of Arsenal falling over against Forest <laughs> yesterday. Uh, it must have been a party atmosphere well before kickoff, mate. What, what time did you get to the Etihad and, and what was it like when you got there? Yeah, good morning, everyone. Um, it has been a bit of a party. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, it's funny, I did have a funny feeling that Forrest might get a result against Arsenal, be it a draw or a win. So when they won that game, obviously, that crowned City champions. And there was, a, what I'm told, was an impromptu watch-along uh, with the City squad watching at their training ground last night and celebrating. Now, I think it might have been a bit more promptu than they're, they're letting on. But anyway... Um, it did mean that, yeah, turning up today, I got there about 11 in the morning, so it was a four o'clock in the afternoon kickoff. Uh, so already fans were turning up then for beers, coffees, that kind of thing. And the mood, yeah, the mood's been good, really, and it's just built and built and built. And then the scenes when the game kicked off were, were amazing. Chelsea doing that guard of honour to clap Manchester City on the pitch. And then after the game, I mean, it's always a pleasure to see a team that's achieved something special lift that trophy. And, uh, yeah, we certainly weren't disappointed. Mate, for previous years, and you've seen some some teams that have been competing in the EPL, you think of the, the run with Manchester United, Chelsea have had their time in the sun. Where does Manchester City sit in terms of special teams in your time? It's got to be one of the best teams I've ever seen. And I don't say that lightly because I watched plenty of... Um, plenty of Manchester United through the particularly the late 90s when they had that treble winning season and then the one uh, the team that was reinvented after that with Cristiano Ronaldo I remember watching Barcelona under Pep Guardiola win the Champions League when they beat Manchester United in 2009 I've seen obviously Mourinho's Chelsea's I've seen the kind of Arsenal Invincibles but this Guardiola Manchester City team has taken it on to another level in, in terms of domestic sides the only team I honestly that can rival it are his Barcelona team uh, for the tiki-taka football they used to play. But this team, the way he's, he's changed the formation. And the thing that I admire so much about Pep is there's two things, actually. One is the mentality. He just instills a motivation and a hunger into his players. And they are relentless when it comes to like this part of the season, when there are big games, whether they're defending titles. They're, they're just relentless. And other teams more often than not fail to live with them. But also the fact he is an innovator. I mean, no one had really seen goalkeepers playing out the back as they do now before he came to this country. His first decision when he walked through the door, drop England's number one in Joe Hart, bring in a goalkeeper that he felt was better with his feet. That now is a, a tactic that's adopted by not just teams in the Premier League, but right down to divisions one, two, three, four. It's, it's amazing. And this year, he's playing with that kind of fullback into midfield or defender stepping out into midfield. Lo and behold, teams in the Premier League Teams of the Championship, Leeds 1, Leeds 2, they're all doing the same thing. And that, to me, is testament to how good a coach he is. It's interesting. I watched the uh, celebrations on the pitch after the game. And, you know, all the players were getting their medals and everything. And Pep was even wearing a Manchester City shirt. But he was kind of stood off to the side just, like, pretty nonplussed by it all, just letting the players enjoy it. It, it very much felt like looking at him, his body language and everything, that this isn't job done yet. He's a, there's a few other things on his mind. Yeah, 100%. I mean, part of that is Pep. He always wants the players to take the credit in these moments. Um, certainly publicly, anyway. 
Um, I don't think he'd ever admit uh, too much to how you know how much he enjoys them personally in terms of an achievement. He always tends to kind of put the the praise to the players. But yeah, I think that is right. I think it is. This was only supposed to be the first of three cup finals. Now, as it happened, this cup final was already won before they took to the field, given that Arsenal had lost. But he spoke last week about the three cup finals. Win the Premier League, win the FA Cup final against Manchester United. And that's no mean feat in itself. City are favourites, no doubt. But of course, it's a derby, it's a Wembley, it's a final. United have been there already this season and won a trophy. So there's no guarantees there whatsoever. And then it's about focusing on the third part of that uh, triangle, the Champions League, the trophy they've never yet got their hands on. So again, mm. huge occasions. And I think he's just trying to manage the players' emotions right now. Who is more favoured? Man City into Milan? Who, who are you thinking has got the got the uh, the favourite tag at the moment? has to be Man City, wouldn't it? Yeah, 100%. I think City are big favourites, actually. I think nobody connected to Inter Milan, I, I think, a few months ago would have believed they'd have got to a Champions League final. I honestly don't. I mean, they were on the same side of the draw. It was a weaker side of the draw, generally, I think, when it was made. I think that's how we all felt about it. But Napoli were the standout team, the team that obviously lifted uh, City out this season. But they got knocked out. Inter have, you know, done really... I mean, the semis, they were great, Inter. They absolutely dominated their rivals, AC Milan. But they are a team that I don't think will be able to live with Manchester City. And also, I don't think Pep is going to mess around. He's learned from the previous final when he completely changed City's tactical makeup against Chelsea. He went into that game, no holding midfielder, both Rodri and Fernandinho on the bench. It was a, a really bizarre tactical shift that, that went wrong. He's done it in big games previously, in semi-finals of the Champions League, for example. But this time, the fact he made a joke before the Real Madrid game to say, ha, don't worry, guys, I'm not overthinking this one. I think he knows his strongest team and he's just going to let them play. And I think if they do that, their massive favourites be into Milan. And I actually think the United game, in many ways, it is a trickier game for them to navigate. Beautiful. Well, one of the first names on the team sheet will be Erling Haaland. 36 games, 33 goals, English Football Player of the Year. Is there a bigger name? And what impact has this player had on the EPL in your eyes? And I was reading Andy Cole predicts second season blues from Erling Haaland. Nothing can stop this bloke at the moment, surely. <laughs> yeah, I can't see that. And the reason I disagree with Andy Cole, as great a striker as he was, um, is that I've, I can't recall seeing a young player as hungry as Haaland. Into, I mean, he eats a lot of calories as well, so he's hungry in a, in a physical sense too. But he, when he takes to the field, it's remarkable. And this was from day one. I went out on pre-season tour with City uh, before the start of this season. I saw them play in Green Bay, Lambeau Field against Bayern Munich, and I saw Haaland in the flesh and you know just watching his finishing was amazing behind the goal but ever since that moment he has this drive and a determination to get to that ball to break the line to score the goal to beat the defender and that hasn't diminished in right through the season I've never once seen a, a performance where there's not been a couple of moments in the game where he has given everything he's strained every sinew of his colossal hulking frame to get there in front of someone, to shrug someone off, to use his physicality. He's a remarkable specimen. And that, that I, I suppose, maybe Alan Shearer is the last player I can remember that had that absolute determination to win every ball and to score every goal he possibly could. And because of that, I, do, I don't think we'll see any uh, second-season blues. I think we'll, he'll continue to score. And if anything, I mean, the worry might be 
that Manchester City are even better at supplying him. And that mm. is a pretty fearsome prospect, isn't it? It is, because, I mean, earlier in the season, I think uh, there was a bit of a disconnect for him, between him and Kevin De Bruyne, and De Bruyne had a lot of injuries as well, so wasn't always on the field, who's really, you know, Man City's uh, best player in, in terms of creatively. Um, so, yeah, a lot to do. Uh, that FA Cup final, you've already touched on it, but uh, there's only ever been one treble in English football, which United did in 99, and now they're standing in the way of one. They have, they have upset one before, going back a few years to 1977, when they stopped Liverpool doing the treble in an FA Cup win, what chance do you give United, if you were a bookie, what chance do you give United of, of upsetting the treble? Realistically, it's got... I mean, look, bookies are never generous, are they? But I suppose you, you might give it a two-to-one because they 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 can do it, United. Like I, I mean, I think the fact they've won a domestic trophy at Wembley this season, this group's done it, the fact they've got players like Casemiro who have been there and done it in the biggest games, and they can cause Manchester City problems. We've seen that this season already. You know, um, if they can keep their squad fit, if United can have Rashford back in the side, if they can have uh, Fernandez at the top of his game, if they can have Varane in central defence, they've got a chance. There's no doubt they've got a chance. And and also because it's a final, as you know, look. Izzy, you'll know this. When you go into one-off games where trophies are on the line, strange things can happen. Suddenly, every moment mm. feels like it's almost a, a final decider in itself. Over a league season, the average, the best team averages out tends to win. But on one day, a one-off occasion, little things can go either way. And sometimes it can be as simple as a toss of a coin. It can be a ball bouncing one way, a ball hitting the post or going in, or a, a rash tackle or, or whatever it is. And I think that's what's quite exciting about these huge games and that's also what's exciting about I mean the City fans I think will be nervous the ones I spoke to today they're the ones saying to me well look if one team is going to stop us it will be those pesky Reds from the other side of the city <laughs> oh, we'd love to see that wouldn't we eh Rick Dog? we would we would couple of United fans <laughs> this side of the world mate you know how it is Ben um, uh, and, and, and that and I, actually I've got to ask you this next question mate and I, and I ask this as a football fan rather than as a United fan but I saw an article the other day uh, basically looking at City as a financial organisation and comparing them to Lance Armstrong and basically saying they're financially doping, they're cheats. And they oh. do have 115 charges for breaking the financial rules against them by the Premier League uh, that are still outstanding. These, these were levelled, what, back in February? Where are we at with that? And do you think that this season, no matter what happens, we'll always have an asterisk against it for that reason? Uh, it won't have an asterisk against it unless they're proven, those charges. I mean, you, you can't forget that City claim to have an irrefutable bank of evidence that they say completely exonerates them. So until this case is settled, you're right, there is that cloud that will hang over them. But it's been hanging over them for, for a while anyway. It's really been hanging over them since the kind of the Spiegel revelations, since they had that settlement with UEFA previously, uh, where they settled to the tune of some €30 million. Euro. Um, so... That cloud, until they get the opportunity to either prove their name or be found guilty, will hang over them. I think there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, the financial doping thing is, is an interesting one. Uh, I mean, look, there's a, there's a wider debate on FFP and what it's about. Um, I, I find it a slightly tricky one because the problem I have with FFP, as much as UEFA and other leagues like the Premier League have brought it in to try and curb spending and stop teams spending beyond their means, 
the truth is the only one it really benefits are the teams already in the club, i.e. already in the championship year. I mean, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, you know, sound like I'm being too anti-Manchester United here. But look, you both follow Manchester United <laughs> through the 90s and through their own success, earn more money than anyone else. I mean, when the Champions League was set up as a competition, it changed the game in terms of the amount of money involved. And it just so happened that it coincided with that competition being formed with Manchester United being the dominant force in English football. So every year they were getting an extra, at the time, £20-odd million pounds a season than any other club. And obviously you multiply that as the years go on. And the fact they were in it every year, that financial advantage over all the other teams was powerful, right? And that helped keep them at the top of the game. Um, and that, you know, so there's something to be looked at. The rules themselves, you know, we're not here to debate those. But I think what you have to appreciate with the City team is irrespective of what's going on off the pitch and irrespective of those investigations, you've got to give credit to Guardiola and the team in front that he's got to work with. He's clearly created a fantastic team. And also within that, there are plenty of homegrown players that he's brought through. I mean, Phil Foden, Cole Palmer and um, Rico Lewis all started the game today. And they're all from the academy. So, again, there's an element that it's not as simple as saying they're spending more money than their rivals. Because, actually, if you look at the amount of money they are spending, it's often it's less than quite a lot of the other teams in the Premier League, which, again, is remarkable. Mm. Yeah, it is. It is remarkable. Um, I guess the uh, finding, mate, one, one thing that's been levelled at Pep Guardiola has been that he can't win the Champions League without Messi. He did it at Barcelona with Messi, then uh, went to Bayern, who were the best team in Europe at the time, was there for, what, three, four seasons, couldn't win it with them, hasn't been able to win it with City so far. You think there's going to be a little bit, if they do it this time, and go, oh, it's because he had Haaland? Because like, now it's like, he can't win it unless he's got Haaland? <laughs> <laughs> there might be a bit of that, yeah. I mean, look, it's funny, because obviously I've, I've been covering Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. This is the sixth season. Uh, really, and obviously he's had a, you know he's had all those opportunities to try and win this competition. He's come close. The final against Chelsea is the main one, but there's been some. There have been a couple of games that have been decided on the finest of fine margins. I mean, the last year the semi-final against Real Madrid when they were winning in the Bernabeu, and they've had that crazy couple of minutes when uh, Rodrigo scored a couple of goals. Real Madrid equalised right at the death, two goals in two minutes, and then they went on to win and ultimately go through to the final and win it. Uh, there was the game against Spurs at the Etihad where they thought they'd scored. Then it was ruled out for VAR because of offside and a really close call. And then Spurs were not the other end. It bounced off someone's arm, went in the goal, and they get through to the final and they played Liverpool. So there have been some real near misses for this team. But this one, to me, seems like their best opportunity yet because not only have they navigated any potential banana skins, they got through Bayern Munich, they got through Real Madrid. These are big names in European football. They are faced with the prospect of, play, of facing one of the weaker finalists we've seen in the last few seasons and they will go into that as massive favourites. So yeah, I think they I think they do win it and I would also expect lots of uh, particularly United fans to suggest it's purely because of Haaland. <laughs> can can Man City hold on to Haaland? Yes. I think so. I think he's really happy. I mean, we saw that on the pitch. I mean, yeah. I've obviously just uh, left the Etihad Stadium now, and he was celebrating. Uh, he loves it. His dad was there, obviously, used to play for Manchester City. There is a family connection. He has always followed the, the club as a child. There's those great pictures that we saw dredged up when he signed of him in the Man City shirt. Um, he loves it. He's loving his football. He's loving life in Manchester. He's loving working with Guardiola. There was talk, wasn't there, when he signed that after one or two seasons, he had a release clause and he was expected to play for two, one or two years here and then go to Real Madrid. Well, there's a suggestion now that actually 
he's going to renegotiate that deal and he's happy. He's, he's enjoying it so much. He's basically going to be happy to stay. And I think, I think personally, he stays pretty much as long as Guardiola's here. He's still only so young. He's got his whole future ahead of him. Now, I think he will go on to play for Real Madrid. And I think he very much has plotted a career path where he plays for the biggest teams in the world. But right now, he can do a lot, you know, he can do a lot worse than staying at City, a team that are themselves, mm. has to be said, they've got to be regarded as the best team on the planet right now. Hey, Ben, thanks very much, mate. I know it's been a long day for you and, uh, you know, it's got, to, it's, it's got to be quite painful as a Charlton Athletic fan to be amongst that kind of success. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let, let you go and crack a Stella, mate, and put your feet up after a long day's work. Appreciate your time. Yeah, touche. Our 10th place finish in League One is probably not too much to write home about, is it? <laughs> no, indeed, mate. Good stuff. Go well. Ben Ransom from Sky Sport UK there with us on Izzy and Kimby for breakfast at 7.22. And uh, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. This is Izzy and Kimby for breakfast, the real house of fragrance. 7.27, you can call us any time, 0800 150 And time for uh, a uh, quick PGA Championship update for you. Uh, tell you where Foxy is. He is tied for 25th at the moment. Through 10, he is one over for the day, and uh, he is three over in total. Uh, Rory McIlroy is tied for eighth. He is currently one under through six. Tell you what, is he? Brooks Kepka is flying. He's already put three shots between him and Victor Hovland. He uh, parred the first hole and then has birdied the second, third, and fourth. Oh, come on. So he is come not- on, Kepi. Nine under through four with uh, 14 holes still to play. A three-shot lead over Victor Hovland. Uh, Corey Connors and Bryson DeChambeau tied for third at four under each, mate. So that's uh, where the, the PGA Championship is at the moment. Beautiful. Kepka. Oh, I was thinking of Brooks. Obviously went really well at the Masters. I backed them a few years ago when he won at Beth Page. And uh, I had a good multi on him from head to head and he paid 12 bucks. And uh, one really, yeah, won some good cash there. But yeah, it'll be hard for him to fall short in that one there. So thanks for that update as well, Ricardo. I just want to talk to you quickly about Leinster, La Rochelle. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big one over in the north. You've got to think of this La Rochelle team. They've been in the top league for five years. They've made the round robin. They've made the quarterfinal. They've, become, they've come runners up and then they've won back-to-back titles with Ronan O'Gara, and they went to Leinster and did it in Leinster. They were 17-0 down after 11 minutes, fought their way back to win that by 1.27-26 in Dublin. And if you haven't heard uh, Ronan O'Gara's post-match interview, I recommend you to go listen to that because it was refreshing, it was on the money, and it was just so passionate. And you can see, I've been coached by Ronan, He's a, he's a he's a quality he's just like as rugby aside you you think of good coaches and I've had some good ones like this. it's the passion and the care that they instill in this group and the La Rochelle everyone wrote them off going to Dublin to beat Leinster at home yeah it's it's hard difficult and on the flip side Leinster they've lost the last couple uh, in the final so mate that was a hell of a performance I don't know if you watched it but it was it was an outstanding game of rugby. Yeah, it was tight too. What was the final score? 26-25, was it? 27-26. Yeah. So tight as, man. I mean, we talked to Tawera Kubalo last week, didn't we? And, mm. uh, you know, we we talked about that and about Ronan's coaching and the, and just the whole, um, that whole group at La Rochelle because 
they're a club that weren't one of the traditionally big French clubs either, eh? They've they've been sort of in, uh, in a way they're a bit like a Man City in rugby in French rugby because they've had investment come in as a club that hadn't been that successful. They've had investment come in and they've slowly grown into the giant into one of the giants of European rugby now. It's so good. It's so good to see. And then you think of the French top fourteen or the Champions Cup. Toulon won that over the weekend, and that has just been overshadowed with this performance from La Rochelle. So, uh, yeah, well done, La Rochelle. And we've got Victor Vito, who actually played for La Rochelle, who's part of that resurgence uh, over there at La Rochelle. He's going to come on our show on Wednesday for our All Blacks OE chat as well. So Sweet. Are you, are you going to be back then, or are you still going to be laid up in a hospital bed? I'll be in hospital, but I'll make a call okay. from my uh, right we'll from get... my bed. All right, so hopefully the painkillers are pretty good. sore. <laughs> yeah, maybe where you're at, you might sound like you uh, you were on an uh, on a night out back in the early two thousands with with Zach or something with a pair of painkillers oh, and two don't. don't don't bring up this nightmares. Don't bring those nightmares up, Ricardo. Okay, no, no. Oh, maybe I won't make that. Call then. <laughs> no, just see just see how strong those painkillers are, mate. Uh, how, how many you need to be oh. on come next uh, come Wednesday morning. Uh, but yeah, now looking. Forward to talking to Victor Vito, part of that coaching setup at La Rochelle as well. Uh, coming up uh, here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, uh, we've got a sports news headlines not too far away. We're going to talk to Marty Burke as well from Canopy Rugby about their boots for the Bay uh, drive that they've been doing. Talk Super Rugby with him as well and his uh, gig as the assistant at the uh, New Zealand Under-20s team. Right now, though, it is time for Araha with news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty six away from eight here on SENZ. This is breakfast with Izzy and Kempe, and uh, time for your choices flooring poll. Choices flooring spaces for living catalogue sale on now. Here is the poll for today: Is Moana Pacifica? Really about developing developing Pacific Island rugby or just another nursery for the NZR? What do you reckon? Those are your choices on the Choices Flooring Poll View, Choices Flooring's online magazine with over 100 inspiring pages of choices. Flooring.com. Just head to the SEN app, click on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. You'll see the poll there. You can vote on that and we will bring you some uh, results of that poll a little later on. Time now for sports headlines. Thanks to Kennard's Hire. Two easy weekend and plenty going on in the world of sport at the moment. In fact, there was a big fight over the weekend and there was a lot of controversy as well when Devin Haney retained the undisputed lightweight world championship in a nail-biter against former unified champion Vasily Lomachenko on Saturday night at the MGM Grand Arena in Las Vegas. Judges Tim Cheatham and David Sutherland each scored the fight 115-113, while Dave Moretti had it 116-112. Now, legendary boxing scribe Dan Raphael of Fight Freaks Unite scored it 114 apiece. He he called it a draw. Lomachenko dominated the 10th and 11th rounds and made the 12th round awfully close, although all three judges gave it to Haney. So when the scores were announced, much of the sold-out crowd of over 15,000 booed the result. As a result, Igus Klimas, uh, Lomachenko's long-term manager, went off on the scoring. He said, this is the biggest robbery in the daylight. Uh, some 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 very much uh, English is my second language. Trying to use that to, that uh, that saying, but yeah, the biggest robbery in the daylight. Obviously, overstating things about the the close fight. Haney's team got Christmas in the summer 
we're going to appeal this decision. Those judges, they do not understand how boxers are working hard. We guarantee we are not going to let that go. We want to show that there has been justice. A couple of other uh, senior boxing figures have said that they actually re-watched the fight with the sound off and scored it as they saw it. And uh, two of them had Lomachenko winning it, and one, another one had it as a draw. So uh, obviously a little bit of... Uh, controversy about uh, the result on that one and uh, Aaron Major as you would have heard in the headlines with Araha has resigned as head coach of Moana Pacifica after two years in the job. Major signed a contract in October 2021 to coach for three years but it's understood that Major's informed the board that he won't be continuing in the role next season. He will stay on as head coach for the final two games away to Fiji and Drua and then the Waratahs and then depart his role. He has not given any reason as to why he is stepping aside, uh, but is it? You'd have to think frustration at the Levi Hamboa situation. I don't want to bang on about it, but mm. that's got to surely that's got to be part of the reason. Oh, it will be part of the reason um, for sure. Just frustration, probably. Oh, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Like, is he getting the help and behind the scenes that he was probably promised? Probably not. You know, look, at, there's probably a lot of factors to it, and no, uh, Aaron. Mage, he wouldn't have done made this decision lightly. He's got a lot of passion for mm. the Moana Pacifica people. And uh, look, at, at the end of the day, it's probably a, a good opportunity for Moana to go in a different direction. You know, he hasn't won a game this year, and when things don't go quite as well as you intend, then you've got to make some, some decisions. So I commend them on that, making that decision early. Whether there was board pressure, we don't know. Um but the Levi more situation, I've already touched on it. It is, yeah, I, I can't believe it's, it's happening. And you look, Joe from Gizzy's come on and said these players got to make their own decisions. That is the reason why Noah Hotham and, and co wanted to go to the Crusaders. They want to, you know, better their careers or, or, or go and try and win a title or, or have a real chance of winning a title. But on the other side, New Zealand rugby surely would have seen this coming and have to put some roadblocks in place. Otherwise, it's going to continue to happen. What about the next best thing that comes out from the islands, Ricardo? Yeah. And they're playing for Moana Pacifica. And these five franchises come on and go, wow, we want that player. And this player will have, you know, a lot of um, confidence or he'll want to make that decision to go and play for these teams. But the New Zealand rugby have to put a stop on it because otherwise it's just going to deplete them. And then what's the point of having Moana Pacifica in the, in the competition if they're depleted? Yep, because uh, you, you want teams that can develop and then challenge for the title. You don't want teams in there just to make up the numbers or you never, uh, are never going to go anywhere, right? Because uh, it kind of takes away from the whole point of it. Um, uh, just continuing on those sports headlines, uh, you mentioned it earlier, but uh, Zoe Hobbs blasted to victory as well over in Yokohama in the women's 100, uh, running a time of 11.2 seconds. She beat American Destiny Smith Barrett by uh, over 0.2 seconds as well. So going really well, Zoe Hobbs, at the moment. And Tom Walsh unleashed his best performance of the year in the men's shot put. He threw 21.86 metres in a throw fest in Tucson, uh, which meant he won the thing. And he won it quite comfortably by, I think, about 70 centimetres over the second thrower. So uh, uh, Kiwi's going well in athletics all over the show. There you go. That is your sports news headlines. Um, Thanks to Ken Tire, two easy weekend, two days higher for the price of one visit branch today. T's and C's apply. It is coming up uh, 20 away from 8 when we come back. Marty Burke joins us out of Canterbury Rugby to talk about boots for the Bay Super Rugby and been an assistant at the under-20s.
Well, if you've listened to this show before, you know the Hawke's Bay-Canterbury connection is strong. Like me, Marty Burke is a boy from the Bay who has spent a couple of seasons down here as an assistant coach for Canterbury. And now taking over the head coaching role while also lending a hand to the New Zealand under-20s team while prepping for the upcoming MPC season. He's also helping collect boots for the Bay, sending cleats back home to give the people in the community who lost their rugby gear in the wake of Cyclone Gabriel. It's a great initiative started by Canterbury Rugby and Marty's with us this morning to talk about it. Morning Marty, how you doing bud? Good thanks mate, how's things with you? Yeah, all good, all good. Just uh, chipping away, my friend, but there's been some awesome work, particularly here on SCNZ. Ian Smith did a big auction there in Hamilton the other week, last week, and raised $70,000 for the Hawke's Bay Foundation, mate. You're doing your part. How's that going? Yeah, it's going really well. Um, other than having to put up with the smell of 200 pair of boots sitting in reception for a while, um, <laughs> it's going game awesome. Uh and our, our community engagement team did a lot of good stuff around linking our community, as you know yourself, as the uh, mm. across your rugby fraternity. It's a pretty passionate uh, group of people, so they rally really well to get behind things like this and uh, something to be really proud of. So how did this come about, Marty? Like, um, obviously, and where the boots, have you gone out to the clubs? And where will these boots uh, end up in the bay? You know, it started off with a... Uh, some, some conversations uh, one of our engagements when George Berry sort of mm. grabbed it and run with it and then put it out into social media with all the clubs and um, yeah what started as a trickle turned into a bit of a flood and there was boots and shoes and um, yeah it was awesome um, as I understand the boots are hooks are really appreciative of it and it's uh, the boots are going to end up in, in Wairau Um Beautiful. Having been in a bit of time up there, it's uh, it's great for their community. Uh, Marty, have you managed to uh, organise a truck yet to head round to uh, Dag Manor and pick up all the thousands that he no doubt from all his time and bludging off Adidas over his career he's managed to put away somewhere? <laughs> oh, mate, the only fear around that is probably the athlete's foot that's probably hiding inside of him. <laughs> Toe jammy, they are toe jammy, but you are right, Ricardo. I've got plenty, I've got a, I've got a few there. Are you still taking donations? Oh, mate, they always take donations. I think that's uh, one thing, doesn't matter where they are. And I know the cyclone was pretty unfortunate, but I think there's always people in need for boots and equipment they're using. Um, we, we get some, we send them out. Oh, well, there you go, mate. I'll uh, go. I've got plenty of shoes lying around that I don't even wear. And So after this, I'll pop in. Hey, you, are you in and about the Canterbury offices? I'll pop in after this. No, no. Yeah, someone will get there. Bring in those high, uh, high top pops, uh, pops of yours too, mate. Well, they'll be look bloody great. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some high top. I've got some high top Adidas white ones there that are lying there. And I've got heaps of sneakers as well. So I'll bring a couple of pairs. Just make sure I know you from Hawks Bay. You'll be like, oh, these are nice. They'll go in my bag. They'll look really good at home. So don't you do that, Marty. Hey, uh, Marty. Look, obviously we're a couple of months out from the start of MPC. You're starting to ramp things up in terms of preparation, getting the blokes all all ready to go. Yeah, yeah, we're probably more around putting our planning together and, and all that stuff. We're in a, in a fortunate position that a lot of our guys are involved with super teams. Um, I think every time watching the weekend's games, trying to hold your breath and hope no one gets injured. Uh, we're, we're 
picked up a couple of, you know, Sam Derry the other week breaking his arm was, was a little bit unfortunate for Sam. But that's the nature of the Super Rugby. The boys love playing it, and the New Zealand derbies are, are bloody brutal. But in our space, we're just um, letting the boys marinate in their franchises, and uh, hopefully they'll be first after last year to get back in and uh, go one better. How does it work for you in a year like this, Marty, where like, you mentioned Super Rugby, of course, that is uh, getting to the business end now, but you've got a World Cup, so you know there are some super players that you might have had in NPC in other years that you might not get this year. How do you work on that as a coach, and how big a squad do you have to carry? Yeah, really good question. Um, it's a challenge. Especially when, I think it's not so much the established guys that you have, but it's the fringe ones that you look at who are... Uh, playing such good super rugby that do you account for them in your season, do you not account for them in your season and that's probably the the, the balancing act that we're working at the moment with a couple of guys who are playing. You know, Tamaiti Williams is probably one that rolls off everyone's tongue. He's playing some bloody unreal footy um, and our job as is, is an NPC band is to make super rugby players and they in turn make all blacks. So on one hand I want to send them a text message to start telling them to play like crap but on the other hand it's great for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one to juggle. You know, you've got to worry about your own backyard, but then these players want to continue on. And mate, the way that Tamaiti's going, phew, wouldn't be surprised if he's in those conversations. But on the other side, mate, you lend your hand with the under twenties. They're obviously shooting off shortly. And I'm getting a lot of uh, confidence out of a young Noah Hotham playing uh, extremely well. I-, I thought he'd be. <laughs> Big impact for the Crusaders going playoffs, but he's got a priority, and New Zealand under twenties is that priority. Are you confident with the with the squad that they're assembling for the twenties to head over to South Africa? You know, I'm comp- yeah, I'm definitely confident uh, with the group of mm. men we've got. We've got some fantastic individuals, and their eyes light up when you talk to them about wanting to play with a bit of freedom. Um, mm. But it's just trying to pull all different guys from different areas together quickly in a program. But, you know, you're looking at Noah, Maka Springer, Harry Godfrey, these, you know, Caleb Tangato. There's a lot of talent in this group, and I think that excites me. Um, and up front with our forwards, you know, we've been at a set-piece driver's camp for the last two days, and, you know, forwards have been doing mauls and scrums, and oh, my gosh, they're frosting. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be uh, it's got to be good too, Marty, because you know, you know, for years and years we've played South African teams in Super Rugby. We're not getting to do that anymore. So this this is the first, I guess, generation of players that's going to go to a World mm. Cup like that and not have the experience of you know sort of having had a run, say, for the Crusaders against uh, the Sharks or somebody. So it's 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 going to be an eye opening experience for a lot of those guys who may not not have ever been to the Republic. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be massively open for them. Even in the, as I said, the last two days, we have the All Blacks coaches in, yes, uh, Stormy McLeod, Jace Ryan, Fiki and Straws. Um, and our boys were wide-eyed, mouth-stropping, picking up those gold nuggets. And I think it becomes real for the boys that they're not just in another program. They're in a you know a pathway program for them to be the next All Blacks or, or the future of Super Rugby. But I think New Zealand Rugby did it quite well last year also with sending it an under-19s team to South Africa. So I think there's a large portion of our group have, have been over there. Um, and it was just playing Western Province and some of those teams as opposed to international footy, uh, which, as you know, is another level. But there's, there's absolute excitement uh, and competition within the group because we, we do have to reduce the numbers at some stage. 
We've struggled traditionally in the last couple of years at the under-20 level, something that we've been quite strong at uh, in previous years. Has that been part of the focus to get back to where the under-20s have been previously? And for you as a coach, how do we do that? Yeah, I think it is a part of the the, pro, uh, the program. Uh, you look at, mm. I watch some of that Six Nations under 20 stuff, and I can't see much difference in size and game to the, the top teams. These men are massive and they've been involved in the academies and campaigns and yeah. uh, the European stuff. Um, our, our challenge is to get over there, um, mm. express ourselves our way, because you know, New Zealanders love to play free flowing footy. Um, but but do us better than us, you know. Don't worry about them too much. They're always going to be there. Marty, yeah. thanks very much for joining us today, mate. Really appreciate your time and your insight. Best of luck over in South Africa, and uh, best of luck uh, getting the smell out of your office once as he drops his shoes off the Savo. Eh? <laughs> Izzy and Kempe for breakfast and uh, it's time to announce uh, our prize pack winner for the Chemist uh, Warehouse prize pack. It's the uh, Chemist Warehouse Mayhem prize pack valued at 200 bucks. thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Swiss. Uh, well done to Joe. Joe called us earlier on 0800 150 gave us some great insight on his take on our can't wait question of the day around uh Levi Amua moving from Moana Pacifica to the Crusaders and rejecting Samoa to play for New Zealand to really sign a New Zealand rugby contract. Appreciate you, Joe. So well done. We'll have another one of those to give away tomorrow. In the next hour, we're talking to Danny Cipriani, the former England number 10. Right now, here's Aroha with news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Yes, welcome back, Izzy Kempe, for breakfast on SCNZ. We've got Rick Dog in the house carrying us through the next hour. Big hour ahead. Just a wee update on the PGA. Kepka, back-to-back bogeys. He's at seven under after seven. And Hovland just bogeyed the last to be six under. So Kepka getting a wee break. But that white ball, all that white ball can be naughty sometimes. Ooh, it's tough out there in the PGA. We'll keep you up to date. There's plenty going on. I can't see where Foxy is at the moment, but Rick Dog will give us a wee update in not too long. Uh, we've got a big hour here. We're going to be talking rugby right now, and we're going to be talking to one of the greats, one of the tough opponents I've played against, Danny Cipriani. He's an absolute champion from the UK. 
Well, he's been out of the game for a wee while, but he's on his own little journey and he's doing some great things off the field. So we're going to be catching up with him. With summer fast approaching in the Norman, Northern Hemisphere, the European club competitions are coming to close. La Rochelle triumphing over Leinster in the Champions Cup over the weekend. Elsewhere in England, Saracens will play sale in the Premiership Rugby Final on Sunday morning in front of what will surely be a sold-out crowd at Twickenham. Former English international Danny Sobrani joins us in the show to preview the big game and just have a real good catch-up with Danny. Haven't spoken to him for a wee while now. Danny boy, good morning, good afternoon, good night good to morning. you. Good <laughs> morning. Good evening for us, yeah. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, Danny, mate. How you doing? We haven't spoken for a wee while. I just thought it'd be a great opportunity to catch up with you. I follow you on the socials. We keep in touch uh, a wee bit over the last couple of years, mate. But what have you been up to? Yeah, mate. Man, you know what? Life's changed a lot. And I've got, I've got married and uh, at Christmas time, my mum had a stroke and she only came out of hospital mm. like two weeks ago. So we've been caring for her every day. So life has changed drastically currently. But it's all good, and there's lots of uh, exciting things on the horizon. Nice, man. I'm sorry to hear about your mum. Um, I know yeah, that you'll be uh, looking after her, man. It's yeah. uh, it's it's crazy times, mate. Um, and obviously, you've been doing a wee bit of travel as well. We, we what, what is Danny? What is a day in the life of Danny Cipriani these days? A day in the life, man. Um, <laughs> I wake up to an alarm to make sure that my mum goes to the toilet correctly and I, ha- I help her in the morning. So it's not that glamorous. It's changed a lot mm. from when I probably last saw you and we was in the middle of a nightclub drinking and downing <laughs> shots. It's, it's very much changed because I know that was your thing. Hey? <laughs> so keep, keep talking, Danny. We're loving this. Keep talking. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> I, 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 I I never touched a drop of alcohol till I met Daggy, boy. He sent me the wrong way. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Danny, don't do this to me. You're live on national radio in New Zealand. Oh, right. nah, Sorry. I thought, to... just, I thought it was just a private call. My bad. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a funny man, mate. We've had some good times, I must admit. But uh, yeah, rugby, like you obviously got a lot of things going on off the field and you're taking care of your mum you've just got married to your beautiful wife yeah, yeah. but rugby is that still something that you're passionate about yeah man like for sure I'm, I'm super passionate about it but i'm sure as you know over in this part of the world um the way that we coach the way that we um you know teach our players and, and have a team unit is very different to you guys in the southern hemisphere we don't have much culture deep rooted in our system you know we don't have much um tradition and heritage in that sense uh, and in doing so, it's quite a dictatorship environment. So if I can be in a, in a team and a, and a squad where it's shared responsibility and the coach is willing to listen to ideas and we speak openly and it's not his way or the highway, man, I'm ready to play because mentally I've never been fresher. I've never felt more present on and off the field. But, you know, if that don't come, I'm excited about what's to come. Danny, you, I, I read an article that only came out a couple of days ago that said that uh, you, yeah. you, you haven't retired yet. You might play. You've said I might play again or I might not play again. My best rugby could be in front of me. Um, yeah. Where do you see yourself playing? I mean, do you see yourself playing in the English structure? Would you like to come down here and play some Super Rugby, or, or you know, or is it France? Where, where are you looking? Do you know what? That when a coach calls me and I feel the vibe with him, and I know the team is wanting to make a progression and move forward um, and grow and work every day and challenge themselves in a, in a 
mm. exciting way, then I'm willing to go and dive into that. And if there's a coach that's willing to, you know, speak a bit of rugby with me because the previous teams I've been in, I've coached and played, but the coaches over here, they don't like the way that I did it. Hence why I've always been labeled disruptive, but we've always been successful. Um, and for me, as long as I've got that license to come on and, and, be res- and have that responsibility, man, my best rugby could be in front of me. But I'm also very at peace if I don't play again. Because there's nothing I can do about well, that control. So we hope to see you out there, Denny. I remember you running around yeah, for the man. Rebels, disrupting there over in Melbourne and running an absolute Mate, clinic I, on the Super Rugby I did more field. Do you miss it? <laughs> I, I did more disrupting off the field in Melbourne. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that, that, for me, I, I I had to get away from England because I had paparazzi on my case every day. I was being written about every day. It was so intense. So I was like, I need to go away play super rugby because the only reason I ever played rugby is because I used to watch the Hurricanes and Christian Cullen when I was a kid second best New Zealand fullback ever a eh, daggy um so <laughs> what, what what I used to um when I went to Melbourne I had such a break from the English media and, and, the, and the pressure you know and I know the Aussies love a schooner so I ended up drinking a little bit over there you know it was good fun it was good fun but uh, I did love it on the field too but- what what are the challenges playing in, in England at the moment, moment, Danny? Like, can you just elaborate a little bit more for for the life when you were living over? And I know you're in the spotlight every single day. You're rolling with some some pretty famous uh, pundits out there. Like, what was it like for you playing rugby in England? Uh, do you know what? I think the biggest difference between Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere on just a, a structural basis is Northern Hemisphere is. Uh, well, English rugby anyway, is more wrapped in fear than um, mm. playing to win. Like, it's always mm. from here percentages. Do this from here, you'll get this outcome. Percentage play, percentage play. It's never really in the moment, which is, you know, at the line making decisions, you know, picking the best option, which is something, you know, I, I worked hard to excel at. And in doing so, it kind of goes off the structure or the plan of what's meant to be next. But in that moment, if the best decision is a short ball or a 30-meter mispass, then I make that call in the moment. So, so for me, that's the biggest difference because I see you boys over there, you play free. It's like play what you see. There is a, a framework to what you do. But then when it's time to turn on the jets or to turn on a little bit of um, magic or a little goosey, um, I know you weren't shy of that, Daggy, so that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, oh. I mean... What you've talked about, it seems it's quite uh, an authoritarian coaching way that they they have in England yeah, and, for real. And, and English rugby. Um, what about what about post uh, career for you when you do hang up the boots? Do you want to coach and do you want to be able to bring this attitude to your coaching and to English rugby in general? Oh uh, man, do you know what? I'm, I, when I get driven or there's a compelling desire out of me to go and coach every day then I'll go and do it. I think to go and coach, you've got to be completely invested in what you're doing. Like right now, I've, I still want to play. Uh, I've just done my book. I'm just finishing my book. You know, I'm really keen to um, speak to athletes about true authenticity and being themselves in, in a world over here where every English um, interview is given and sounds the same because we get judged heavily on what we say and things get taken out of context. All the English footballers rugby players it sounds very dull and straight there's not much character involved and i want to try and go to the middle of that and create something where 
people can be themselves because it only means you're going to play better on the field. If you can have that complete full awareness on and off the field, you're going to play better. You can't turn it on and off. Otherwise, that's where you get those Takato-type performances. Where are you then on uh, English rugby at the moment and the English rugby team with Steve Borthwick in charge? And the reason I ask this is obviously it's a World Cup year, but when he was given the job or around the time that they were in the process of giving him the job, I talked to Chris Foy at the Daily Mail, I talked to Martin Gillingham, who who Mm. you'll know as a commentator. Both of them said it's a step backwards for English rugby if they go with Borthwick. Um, What's your take on what you've seen from him as the English, English coach and where England are ahead of the World Cup? Uh, you know, it it depends what the what the job criteria is mm. from the RFU. You know, if it's to excel um, and create a bigger profile to the game, and you know, create more fans watching, like that's not necessarily going to be the case with Steve. But after Eddie Jones, it's probably a slightly safer bet to try and steer the ship in a in a in a more consistent direction. But what they do know from Steve Borthwick is he went into Leicester in short notice and within short notice turned the club around and won the league. And obviously international rugby is very different. So if they're looking for a fast um, reply and quick results, that's what I think they're hoping that they can just kind of shore up the ship in the way that Eddie left it and that they'll get results on that basis. I was hoping they'd go long term and get Scott Robertson post-World Cup, but obviously he's taking his dream job with you guys. So that's great. Do you, do you get a sense that uh, young Marcus Smith, he, he reminds me of you, he's very uh, open, he loves to play what he sees, he doesn't mind having a attack, uh, attack in the line, he doesn't mind throwing a bit of razzle-dazzle behind the back kind of passes, miss passes. Do, do you get a sense he's getting overcoached and getting locked up in, in that 10 position? And I, I don't know, what I can't figure it out why he's struggled so much with so much talent. For me... What happens when you go to England is there's a freedom you have at club level when you see that with Marcus, you see that with Danny Kerr, mm. they go and play. Yeah. But at England International, for almost every coach I've had, they want to predict the first 20 minutes. They want to predict the first um, launch. They want to predict, and it's very like you go into the game with these um, like cornerstone things that are going to happen. And if it goes slightly different or slightly off plan, I just feel like people aren't ready to get back in sync and, and find a new way of, of operating like that. And I think the pressure to come in and not have the best coaching in terms of framework around him, it means he can look isolated as well. So when he played against France and he's cutting across trying to make shape and, and get people at the line, if the, the coaching and the, the, the understanding of the whole group isn't of that level in a short space of time, it's hard to do, then he's going to look very isolated. At Quindy, spend day in, day out, learning and reading each other's body shape and body angles. I don't think that they're that free at coaching in England. It's very structured. It's very um, phase one to three. It's not players you see, which, you know, for players like Marcus, it can it can feel a little bit like you've got a straight jacket on. Are, are England brave enough to make that decision to allow a coach to unlock the site? Or do you think there's too many people in the back room that make these decisions and they are fearful of change? Uh, I think that that's what they want to do. They want to make the change. I just don't know mm. if they are willing to break the mould to find it. Yeah. Like we've had the best English coach over the last 15 years in Sean Edwards. 
and he's never got mm. close to getting an England job because he doesn't fit the mould. He isn't going to give you the traditional interview afterwards. He might cuss, he might be short and be a bit tempered and he might show emotion. Mm. Like over here, English, that's not that's not what you guys think of us. That's not what is with our culture. We're very straight-faced and deliver as such, you know, whereas we've missed out on one of the greatest coaches, English coaches of all time. Um, and he's coached Wales and France and both won Grand Slams with both of them, you know. So it's, uh, I don't know his question from... Mm my view of watching it now and the way that the game is on the club level as well, it just, it just seems like they're holding on to the old mentality as long as they can until it completely breaks. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Danny, we've got the uh, Premiership final coming up this weekend. It's a head-to-head yep. between George Ford and Owen Farrell. Is that oh, yeah. a, a trial for basically the number one, number 10 come the World Cup? Yeah, probably. I think so. I think George has come back um, incredibly well from his injury. Um, I think the World Cup's going to come at the right time for him because when he's running, he's still carrying it a little bit. But because of his game awareness and his tactical nous, he can play fly half and get away with it. And I think in six months' time, he'll physically be even better from his uh, horrific injury. And Owen is playing some of the best rugby he's ever played. You know, he's, mm. he seems to be playing a bit more free and then making decisions and you know, he, he's getting a real consistency with it. Um, so I think for sure it's going to be a straight shootout. I, I do think Saracens have a superior team and also no finals rugby like the back of their hand. So it could be a slightly uh, biased opportunity for Owen. But having said that, you know, George has got the ability to do, you know, the, the, the spiral bomb and the long wiper kicks and, <laughs> and you know, put people in space. So... It could uh, it could be an interesting day for sure. Oh, he hasn't got the he hasn't got the kick like you, Danny Cipriani. We had a message come hey, through from Brett. That's my guy. That's <laughs> my guy. <laughs> he said, Danny Cipriani, good getting is he like a lot of people. I've only heard read stuff in the media about him. Great chat. So they're really loving what you're saying on the show. You you spoke about your book, mate. Like, what, what are we going to read in this book? You're going to be completely honest. We're going to get a real understanding. I think you've been. Unfairly portrayed in the media. Like I said, I've known you for a while now, and I've got a lot of time for you. Yeah. What can we read in this book? I'm just, I'm just going to be truthful about my experiences within the game because, um, because of the way rugby is in our country, it's not a number one sport. So when people dip in and out of our sport, they don't reckon, they don't see the consistency of what is. And from 2013-14 till 2020-2019, you know. I only got one start for England um, because there was a whole preconceived idea around the fact that I was disruptive and, you know, I, I was in the front papers a little bit and stuff was going on and they would start saying I'm not a good teammate and all these things would happen and I never answered anything because I didn't feel I wanted to or needed to. But, you know, I'm, I'm telling the truth about my relationship with like people like Eddie and, and other England coaches and the way I felt in the game because there was a period for about five years where I was unplayable to the point where I found like rugby was just fun and enjoy and, and I was excited to go and play. And no matter what I did on the field, if I felt unplayable, but I just didn't get the caps that, um, you know, were out there for, for the taking. Uh, some of it was my own doing. I held my hand up. I'm responsible for 
a lot of that stuff. But also, you know, what our system over here, it doesn't want a kid for, who's from a working class background to be playing number 10 in such an upper class sport. We've got a very different type of divide and I faced a lot of different trials and tribulations with it. And in doing so, I learned a lot about myself, my temperament, my my mental um, resilience and also, you know, where I was vulnerable and where I could, you know, sit in that space for a bit longer and then just sit with those shadows and be cool with it now. Um, so I, it's, a, it's a big journey about how I've been through everything, the ups and downs and done it through the spotlight of the glare of the English media. But, you know, now I'm very zen and at peace, man. So I just want to share my, awesome, my love and wisdom. Yeah, looking yeah, forward to reading that book, uh, Danny. Um, when, when is it out? When can we buy it in New Zealand? I haven't even announced it in England. They're probably going to kill me for this. <laughs> <laughs> Keep this on the down low, mate. mate. In September. It is DL, Super DL. Uh, right Don't here. tell anyone. Shit, I'm on radio. I'll, I just swore. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so That's sorry. Okay. I apologise, New Zealand. Uh, Danny, Danny, uh, oh, you're a man. You're the man. I, I've, I've got to say, as blokes like you, and I mean this with all due respect, make me sick because I'm just looking at your record as, as a kid coming through in sport. You played uh, county cricket for Surrey as a batsman. Uh, you were you played squash <laughs> at county level. You were a junior footballer at Queens Park Rangers. You were offered terms by Reading to be a professional footballer. I noticed even oh, get uh, out. on the way to Melbourne, the Melbourne Rebels, even Milton Keynes Dons and a couple other teams off, offered you the opportunity to sign as a professional footballer yeah. late in your career if Melbourne didn't work yeah. out. Uh, oh, man, just yeah. so good at everything. What What is the sport that you play that brings you the most joy? Uh, football. Football. It's the most challenging. Like, to have ball control, pick passes, see the game. Like, it, it's such a highly skilled game. It's the most challenging game. And I love it. But I also love batting when you get your eye in and you're facing like a a top fast bowler and it's just you versus him I do love that element too um, but you know what I oh. might have been good at sport I wasn't very good at maths and <laughs> you know during my career as a rugby player I wasn't that great at not going out and getting pissed so I still got some weaknesses <laughs> you know you know I got but I figured them out and I've married the most beautiful woman the most soulful woman who has completely changed my life man so it's uh life's good Oh, Danny, bloody love you, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, you're you're a champion. Love, love your honesty. <laughs> you're good, man. I'm looking forward to reading your book come September. You heard it here first on SCNZ. Shh, Danny's going to go get a clip around the ears now. Don't tell him. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, mate. Danny Cipriani, appreciate your time, brother. Thanks so much for joining us. I'll be in touch. Appreciate it, man. Hey, lots oh. of love. Peace. Oh, what an absolute legend. What an absolute legend, Danny Cipriani. Great chat, great chat. What a top man. At the start of that, I was like, oh, no. Where's this going to go? Where's Danny Boy going to go today? He's already throwing me on the bus. That is a lie. I didn't buy him shots. I didn't do anything. No chance. Come on, Israel. Oh. <laughs> no one believes that. Uh, just a quick update for you. Well, as he composes himself, the uh, PGA Championship, uh, Ryan Fox tied for 21st through 15. So he's uh, he's picked up a shot again, which is good. Tied for 21st. 
Uh, Rory McIlroy, up and down day. He is now two under for the day through 10 and tied for ninth. Uh, but it's got a lot closer. You know, Brooks Kipker, I mentioned earlier, had a three-shot lead. Well, it's back to a one-shot lead. He's back to seven under, so he's dropped two. Victor Hovland is six under, one behind him, and then Bryson DeChambeau, uh, two behind Hovland at four under. It is 8.24 here on SENZ. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. It's uh, pretty much 8.30 already here on SENZ. Such a good chat to uh, Danny Slump Cipriani. Boy. Oh, mate, you know, it was, it was I wanted to keep talking to Danny. Uh, there was so much more we could have asked him, particularly about you and nightclubs. What sort of shots are you buying, is it? No, I didn't buy any shots. <laughs> I don't know. What Danny's, oh, Danny. Danny's telling stories, there. is that what you're telling me? He's telling stories. He's oh. telling stories. He's telling fibs. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. Well, keep keep your decks coming through. Double eight, double three. We'll get to some more of those shortly. We're going to catch up with Paulie Mawati after the latest in news and sport. We'll also have a uh, choices flooring poll. We'll have those results for you as well. Right now, though, it is time to head off uh, to catch up with the latest in news and sport with Aroha. For Kubota, we are t- together. We are shaping and building New Zealand. Zed, breakfast with Izzy and Kempe. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Time for our Choices Flooring poll results, though, because uh, we threw this poll out earlier. Is Moana Pacifica really about developing Pacific Island rugby or just another nursery for the NZR? Put that out to you. Uh, Here's how the voting looks. 55% 55% of you drinking the Kool-Aid. Say, yes, it's good for Pacific Island rugby. Uh, 45% no, say, no, it's another nursery for the NZR. So there you go. Those are the results of our Choices Flooring poll and uh, Choices Flooring Spaces for Living catalogue sale is on now. View Choices Flooring's online magazine with over 100 inspiring pages at choicesflooring.com. A man who uh, is never drinking the Kool-Aid. He certainly knows uh, what he's talking about is Paulie Mawadi from the TAB. Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paulie, good morning. How was your weekend, brother? Yeah, very good. Thanks, uh, Ricardo. Um, it was a bit wet down this way. Uh, it was wet everywhere, mate. It was wet everywhere. Yeah, that seems to be the theme uh, these days, to be fair. Liquid sunshine, mate. Can't beat it. Can't beat it, Paulie. Um, how many, I've got to ask you, how many multis did the Tigers bust on the weekend? Yeah, <laughs> boy, call them the saviours, all right. Um, not just in the head-to-head market, but uh, even those that uh, thought, oh, maybe they might win and took them uh, 12 and under, um, got knocked out as well. So, yeah, that, that was a performance that just came out of nowhere, to be fair. Um, but those that did, did back the Tigers, um, well done to well done to you. Uh, and of course, no Warriors last weekend. They had the bye, so I guess the referees were looking for some other team to pick on. And um, I'm not sure who it was. It wasn't the Cowboys. They were terrible. Just ask Paul Mawati. Did anyone get on jam? <laughs> One or two. <laughs> what a run Oh, it was such a good run from Just Ask Me over the weekend uh, Good to see Mary Louise, that was a Quinella Actually, Kempe tipped that for me So it was very, very good Hopefully you all got paid Because the TAB, we can't have them winning everything But Paulie, the golf is yep. happening Brooks Kepka Yeah, that's right Yeah, he's um, in the final group uh, with Victor Hovland uh, and those two sit in first and second. 
Kepka, uh, uh, he's a dollar sixty-two right now, sitting on seven under. The last time I looked, Victor Hovland's a shot back on six under. He's paying two eighty-eight uh, to win the comp. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, who's making a, a bit of a charge, he's at eight dollars right now. Um, you could have backed him at a high of forty-one dollars, Scotty Scheffler, and there are a number of punters who are following Scheffler wow. and hoping that he can. Um, pick up a win here. There was a $2,000 bet at $9. There was a $1,000 bet at three twenty-five on Scheffler. So plenty of support for him. Brooks, who got out to $51 at one stage during this tournament. Um, Hovland got out to a high of $41. And DeChambeau, who's there or thereabouts, although I think he, he's got a... Um, I think he's got a par putt, uh, a seven or eight foot Mister. par putt. Oh, did he? Right, he's at $34 now, um, but he was out at $126. And, of course, don't forget, you and Kempe liked um, Kepka and Cantlay, so we put them in a little power play for you. Kepka and Cantlay to both finish top five. Well, Kepka's doing his part. Cantlay, though, um, <laughs> although he, he's had a better um, final day, just uh, was too far back in the end. He got off to a poor start in day one. So, yep, at the moment, Brooks Kepka is $1.62. Victor Hovland's at two eighty eight and Scotty Scheffler at eight dollars. Those seem to be the three most likely winners uh, out of the field. Uh, and I can tell you that Brooks Kepka is one of the worst results for us. So plenty of punters cheering for Ooh. Brooks to carry on and, and pick up his his third PGA championship. And the TAB office all cheering for Victor Hovland. <laughs> oh, he's my favourite Norwegian, always has been. <laughs> Speaking of Norwegians, mate, Erling Haaland picked up uh, the uh, English Premier League trophy this morning, Manchester City. Uh, have you guys got a book on whether or not they'll do the treble? Uh, look, the last time I looked, we did. Uh, it may be suspended at the moment, um, and I'm not sure if the bookies will open it up uh, again, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that the boys did have a uh, Man City to do the um, treble. So, yep, it was there. And uh, I just want to know, do Arsenal actually hand the trophy to Man City, seeing as they basically <laughs> did that anyway? <laughs> yeah, they've already done that, mate. They already. I, I did see somebody sent me a picture that somebody had done a bottle up, which had like a champagne bottle, and it had uh, Manchester City, uh, you know, English Premier League champions 2022-23, and then on the bottom it said, bottled by Arsenal. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Oh. I thought that was quite good, mate. Uh, speaking of bottling it, uh, the Lakers are bottling the West. Uh, oh. The Celtics look like they might be bottling the East, and we've got game three of that today as well. Yeah, we have. Um, and the bookies still, I, I don't think they're giving the Heat enough um, respect. The Heat are 245 outsiders at home in game three <laughs> against the Boston Celtics at $1.53, and the punters agree. They're jumping on the Heat. They cannot believe... Uh, the sort of uh, the coin that they're getting on the heat. So two forty five on it the heat. It needs to, to be an investigation. They're just getting, the punters are getting stuck in. There are plenty of power plays, and there's a same game claim on this uh, match as well. So if you like your same game multis, uh, you can get stuck in there. But yeah, at the moment, it's it's very much, uh, pretty much one of the seventy five eighty percent of the uh, turnover in that head to head market is on the heat at 245 as opposed to the Celtics at a dollar 53 there's a couple of boosted markets there for punters to jump on as well um, but yeah at the moment the punters are telling the bookies you've got this wrong completely wrong have you not watched the first two games get on the heat 
Hey, Paulie, uh, just before we let you go, mate, do you, do, do you still get, if you put on a, a, a multi of four or more legs and you miss by one, do you still get a bonus bet? Uh, are you talking about, uh, what sort of multi are you talking about? Well, I put a multi on for our punters club this weekend. I had Melbourne City to win. I had the Sharks to win. I had just asked me to place. Uh, I got Rory to finish top ten. Uh, the only thing that looks like it's well, the only thing that's torpedoed is that uh, is I had the Cowboys to beat the Tigers. So if the other four legs come in, how, am I going to get our thirty bucks back for another crack? Right, yeah, yeah, you see, you're all over the place, as I expected, Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't disappoint you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we do do mega multi-busters, but we do an oval ball one, uh, and that includes like rugby, rugby league, and AFL. So those are the sports that you combine in your multi. Uh, we do a football one where you just have... All the legs are football. You can have a racing one where all the legs are racing. You can have an American sport one uh, where all the legs are either NBA, NFL, MLB or NHL. Um, but you see, you, you've gone everywhere. You've had a little bit of this. <laughs> you, you, you've gone to the smorgasbord. You've picked up you know, a couple of legs of chicken and you've got some veg in there as well, a bit of pasta. No, no we don't do those ones. But I'll, I'll see if the boys will uh, think about it in the future. Okay. All right. If you can. Yeah. If you can. Paulie, a, a pleasure as always. Thanks very much for your time this morning, bro. Go well. Have a Thanks, good day. Thanks, Paulie. Very good, boys. You have a good one, too. Cheers. Uh, watch a bit live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. Coming up shortly, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Week with Izzy. We'll do that next. It is 13 away from 9 here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Izzy throwing shapes in uh, Christchurch, uh, listening to that <laughs> tune. Uh, it is time for our Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Week. Uh, DHL Super Rugby Pacific is live. Izzy, who you got? Who is your Player of the Week this week? Um, look, there was a couple of blokes that put their hands up over the weekend. Um, I'm going to rattle off a couple of names. Like Shay Fihaki got his first start in a long time since that tough outing at Drua. He's been slogging away for Belfast down here in Club Rugby. I thought he had a great game for the Crusaders on the wing. Took his opportunities with very good ball in hand. High ball. Um, had a couple of line breaks as well. Noah Hotham. His name keeps being rattled off week in, week out. He's shooting off to the under-20s. And there's a few injuries at the Crusaders. I know they did their best to keep him here, but they made that uh, decision earlier on the year, so they couldn't backtrack. So Noah Hotham showed signs of his future. Zach Gallagher, the lock as well. But I thought Bowden Barrett, in his limited time against the Reds, was was better this week. And I know there was a lot of talk on him last week. He kicked early, he didn't really attack the line. Well, there was glimpses of him in that game, and that performance where he attacked the line. He, uh, he drew on those defenders. He made better decisions with ball in hand. So I actually think Bowden Barrett took a, a step in the right direction. But I'm going to go to Saturday night. Saturday night, difficult out, uh, night there with weather-wise. It was very wet 
at uh, in Waikato FMG Stadium. The Chiefs taking on the Hurricanes. This bloke flies well under the radar. He's been there for a few years. He had an outstanding year last year at fullback, scored a ton of tries. But I thought Josh Morby, the fullback for the Hurricanes, was my DHL Super Rugby Player of the Week, I think, in difficult decisions. There was, an op- there was a time there at the back where him and Aidan Morgan you know, got a little bit uh, unsure of who was taking the high ball. They made that mistake. But yeah. after that, I thought for a night when it was very wet, I thought he made great decisions at the back and he scored probably their most, uh, the best individual try of the weekend when he went moved to wing. And he scored that and chip kicked over the end and, and ran through and scored that try. So Josh Morby was my Super Rugby Player of the Week. I think uh, he's put his hand up for Jason Holland going forward to to give him that fullback role. So Josh Josh Morby for me. Josh Morby, nice. Okay, I like it. I, I'm going to go a little bit a little bit left field here, and probably a game a lot mm. of people didn't watch, but uh, the last game of Super Rugby round, the Force got up over the Brumbies. Mm. Right, that is their mm. fifth win at home in a row. Uh, the force, so they're doing something right over there, and it snapped a 14-game losing streak as well against the Brumbies for them. So massive. Uh, there's a young kid who is playing his footy there by the name of uh, Max Berry, and uh, he not, he he's usually a fullback, but he played 10 in this game, and everything went through him. And he kicked as well, kicked beautifully. I think uh, four conversions, a couple of penalties as well, uh, and got. Uh, got the the Western Force home, so I, I like him. I think he'd be there or thereabouts, and I, I've got to also give a shout out because I love a bit of trash talk to uh, Falau Fainga, uh, who mm. is uh, the Force picked up from the Brumbies this season, and uh, he got stuck into the Brumbies because the Brumbies went to Perth without Lachlan Lonigan, Alan Alalatoa, mm. Nick Frost, Nick, uh, Rob Valentini, Nick White, Len Ikitao, Tom Wright, and James Slipper as part of the Rugby Australia World Cup resting uh, policy. Uh, Falau Fainga said ahead of the game, the Brumbies are sending over their little puppies because the big dogs have to stay at home and get their necks massaged. So <laughs> <laughs> he was having pops. And, uh, so good. Sometimes that can come back and bite you in the backside, but uh, no, it didn't. And, well, and, it is. Yeah, massive. It's going to bite Brumbies. Yeah. It's going to bite the Brumbies, Rick, dog. They were second players. Now they're third and... You know, that's going to backfire big time. A home semi-final against the way semi-final, it's just totally different. So Larkin, I know he had to enforce it, and he was, he was forced to make that decision, but it's backfired big time. Yeah, backfired massively. And, you know, if you look at what they've got left, uh, the Brumbies, they have uh, the Chiefs this weekend in Canberra, mm. and then they finish with the Rebels. So, But they've got the short turnaround. Uh, on that, so yeah, it's, it's not easier. So I mean, if they drop that game against the Chiefs, no guarantee they get top four either. Uh, the way things are going, is he? But there you go. That is, uh, that's my my Super Rugby uh, Player of the Week. Thanks to nice. DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Catch all the action live on Sky Sport or get tickets at SuperRugby.co.nz. When we come back, we're going to catch up with Smithy and see what the Doyen has got lined up for us between nine and twelve.